Paragimel Mesachtes Tainus, Paragseder Tanius Elu, the bottom of Daf Yud Ches Amid Beis, the Mishnah. We know that when there were delays in rain, when Hashem did not bring, bring rain to a certain area, the community began with smaller Tanesim, and then the community went on to bigger Tanesim. And the Mishnah says here that in rain delays, we begin with smaller Tanesim, and then we go on to harder ones. But in certain cases, if there's a major Sakana, we immediately go to the harder Tanesim. These Tanesim would include Shaifer. What are cases where we did this? If rain fell, but not near the reservoirs, there was rain, but really wasn't that useful because it didn't fall near the reservoirs. That's a very big sakana. Or if it rained in one city, but there was no rain in another city. So this other city was also in a very big sakana. If a large city has three adults who die from Dever three days in a row, since it's now a plague situation, and again, it's a big sakana, they immediately went to the larger and harder Tanesim. Or if one place was attacked by wild animals, or an army that came through, all these cases were cases to move immediately to the larger and harder Tanesim. And the Tanakhama says that in certain circumstances, you're allowed to be Masriya, in other words, to say Anenu, on Shabbos also. For example, if there is a siege of an army, if there is a flood, or if there is a storm on a ship. Rabbi Yaisi says, you are not allowed to be Masriya on Shabbos, but in the case of a flood, you're allowed to call people from a different community to help out in order to protect these people from a flood. The Mishnah says that they came to Chayni HaMagol at one point in time to be mispal for rain. This was a time where there was no rain and they needed help, so they went to Chayni HaMagol, who was a tzaddik at that time, and Chayni HaMagol stood in a circle, and he swore that he would not leave the circle until Hashem would bring rain. And because of that, Hashem brought rain. It came very slowly, but eventually it came down very hard. The name Chayni HaMagol, that came from the fact that he drew the circle around himself. At that point, after he was misbowed, the rain came down so hard. And the people said, Chani, really the rain should, we don't need so much rain. So Chani said, at this point already, where rain is coming down, you're not allowed to be misbowed that there shouldn't be rain. In other words, you can't be misbowed about something which is good. Geshem in general is a simen bracha. So even though it's raining very, very hard now, you're not allowed to be misbowed if there are too much, too much geshamim in order to reduce the amount of rain. One time by Reb Tarfan, they were misbowed and it rained. And at the time that it rained, in that particular Misa, they said, Halel Hagadol. Halel Hagadol is Haydul Hashem Kitav, which we say Shabbos morning in Shachras. And the Gemara says, Askara, which is a disease, if there is even one death, we have to fast. Because once Askara comes, many other people are eventually going to come down with it because it's like a form of the plague. If there's a problem with the water supply, we have to fast. And this is true even if it's a Shemitah year, and you would think that we don't really have an issue, we don't really need the water because it's a Shemitah year. Still in all, if there's a problem with the water supply, you still have to fast. Rabbi Lezer ben Parta said, from the day that the Beis Hamidosh was destroyed, rain arrives with great difficulty to the world. And the Marsha brings down the Gemara in Yuma, that he says that we know the Kayin Gadol went into the Kaidish Kadashim. One of the Tzvilas that the Kayin Gadol said was for rain. The Gemara says once, when everyone came up to Yerushalayim for Alila Regal, at the end of the Bayez Shani, so Nakdimin Ben-Gurion borrowed money from the Chancellor. And at the last minute before the loan was due, Hashem brought tremendous rains so that he would be able to pay back the loans to this Chancellor. This was after he was mispal, Hashem brought those rains. Tafchav. There were three people for whom the sun shined in their sake. Number one, Meshe Rabbeinu. Number two, Yehoshua. And number three, Nakdimin Ben-Gurion. Amar Rabbi Yehuda Amar Rav, Yerushalayim is considered to be like a nida, since it is having a temporary break from Hashem. 
just like Anita takes a temporary break from her husband. While the Jews are in Golis, the Goyim will despise them and not make them tax collectors. This will be a blessing in disguise for the Kal Yisrael. Rabbi Shmuel ben Achmeni said, It's better to be hit by one who loves you than to be kissed by a person who hates you. A person should always be soft like a reed when dealing with friends and with dealing, when dealing with all people. For this reason, in fact, a reed was zeicha to be used to write Sefer Torah, Tefillin, and Mezuzahs. The Gemara says that a person must be very careful not to insult other people. And this can happen especially when people have too much of an ego. The Gemara says if a wall or a house is likely to fall since it's old, if a taka ends up falling, we don't need to fast for it since this was likely to happen. It was a wall that was destined to fall anyway. Rav Ada Bar Ava was taken into an old house. And although it was an old house and the walls should have fell down, in his chus the walls did not fall down. But as soon as he left the house, it fell down. He got very upset about this because he holds like the shita of Rabbiane. The olam al yamod adam b'makum sakana that a person should not stand in a place where there's a sakana and say, you know, Hashem should bring a nace, should bring a miracle to me. Why is this so? And why is, was Rabbi upset about that? Because once Hashem delivers a nace to this person who was mispal for it, you've used up some of your schusim with Hashem. Therefore, he was upset that Hashem had to bring a nace, that the wall should not fall down, and he lost some of his schusim. Rabbi Adabarava lived long because he had the schus not to get angry people in his home. He didn't walk in front of someone bigger than him. He never walked down an unclean street, never walked down at Amas without tefillin or Tyra, and he also treated his friends well, and he never called them bad nicknames. In this chus, he had many chusim, and therefore he was a tzaddik. Food that is normally fit for human consumption should not be given to animals, since it's bizoy eichel. It's interesting that the Rambam and the Shulchan Aruch do not bring this down anywhere. Only the Mogen Avram brings down this chumrah. And finally, we say Rav Huna was a tremendous Balchasen who opened the door of his house for all people. From Ilfa and Rabbi Yechanan, as well as the Pasuk in Devarim Zayin, Efes Kilo we learn that a person should see to it that he has a Parnasa, so he will not be poor. From the Pasuk of Kilo Yechtal Evyon Mikarav Haaretz, we learned that if for the purposes of learning Tyra, Hashem will watch you so you will not be poor. The Gemara says that if someone dies and leaves instructions about his estate, we must heed his instructions, since we know the klal of mitzvah l'kayim divrei hames. Nochom ish gamzu was blind, and his legs were amputated, and his house was dilapidated. One time his Talmidim took him out of the house, and the house collapsed right after that. And his Talmidim asked him why he suffered so much in his life. He told them because one time he took too long to give an ani some staka, and then the ani died. So he gave himself a klala. Why was he called Gamzu? Since he was always thankful to Hashem for everything. Even one time when he brought a sack of jewels to the king and robbers came and changed it to dirt, so Nochem Ish Gamzu said, Gamzu L'tayva. Even in this case where it didn't appear to be that good, he said Gamzu L'tayva. That's why he was called Nochem Ish Gamzu. Related to this, we know the Gemara in Brachas Daf Samach says that a person should always say even if everything looks bad, but it would be good anyway. In other words, even if something looks bad at the moment, but eventually, this is also possible that this could be good. The Gemara there relates the story of Rabbi Akiva, that a person should always say that everything will be good, even if it doesn't look that way. So then, what was so special about Nochem Mishkamzu? If everybody's supposed to do that anyway, what was special about what he said? So the Gra answers that the Gemara in Brachas is talking about having to be talking for the future, 
that right now something doesn't look good, but have bitachon in the future it will be good. Nochel Mishgamsu had the godless that he was able to see what was good about it even right now, and not necessarily for the future. The Gemara says if a city has 500 people, and three people die on three successive different days from Dever, then we have to begin to fast. If the city has 1,500 people, then nine people must die before we begin fasting. If a person's animal gores someone, and the first three gorings, the, per- the animal does it, and the animal is considered a tam, and the owner pays only chatzinezek. But after three gorings, it's considered a muad, since it's now a dangerous animal, and it needs to be watched better, because it's done it three times already, it's like a chazaka, then the animal must pay nezek shalim. According to a mayor, these three gorings can all happen on the same day, for it to be considered a muad. But according to Rabbi Yehuda, these three gorings must be spread out over three different days in order to establish the fact that this animal does this on a regular basis. The Gemara says that a place doesn't ever really have a chashivas. Chashivas is totally on the caliber of the people who are in the place. For example, Harsinai was only special when the Shekhinah was there, but after that point it had no chashivas at all. There was a person who always lent shovels for kvuras in order to get the mitzvah, and in his chus, his entire neighborhood was saved from the plague because he was busy with this particular mitzvah and dealing with the mitzvah of chesed. In other words, a chesed shalemis was a very big mitzvah, and therefore the entire neighborhood was saved from a plague in this person's chus. The Gemara says that if chazerim get the plague, we must be afraid that it will hit all of the people, and therefore we have to enact tanesim. Taisu says that if goyim get the plague, we also must enact tanesim in order to protect us, because we could get it also. Abaya would receive greetings from Shamayim every day, while Rava would only get these greetings from Hashem, from Shamayim, on Erev Yom Kippur. And finally, the Gemara says there was a doctor named Abba who received brachas from Shamayim every day since he was a bloodletter who was a very big tzaddik. What made him a very big tzaddik? Number one, he never looked at women. Number two, he gave a discount to the poor people. And number three, when surgery was required on a Talmud Chacham, he would do the surgery for free. Tafchof Beis. Eliyahu was asked, asked by Rebreka to identify people on the street who were worthy of Eilam Haba. And Eliyahu pointed out a jail warden who kept the men and women separated and he saved women from being started up with in jail. That's why he was a big enough tzaddik, even though he was a pashida person, but he was a big enough tzaddik to be worthy of Eilam Haba. Also, he pointed out badchanim, people who were jokers, who worked to bring peace between two people who argued. From here we see the chashivas of trying to settle arguments between people in order to create peace. The Gemara says if an animal killed two people, and ate only one of them, we assumed this kola was sent from Shemayim, and we must fast. Not only if an army is coming to attack an area, must we fast, but even if it was a cherev shalshalim, meaning that this particular army didn't come for the purposes of war, but rather was only passing through this town to go somewhere else for war, we have to fast anyway, because if they're just coming through the town, there's still a potential of sakana. The Gemara says Rabbi Yeshia was punished, since he should have consulted with Yermiyahu before going to war. Ruach HaPeinu Mashiach Hashem, the Pasuk and Eicha, the breath of our nostrils is the anointed one of Hashem. This referred to Yeshiyahu, that he was punished from the Avera, Avera that we mentioned. From here we learned that we must fast even if a Cherev Shalshalim is passing through. The Gemara says that a city which is surrounded by Gaim, or there is an imminent flood that is about to happen, or there is an evil spirit, they must accept a fast. Rabbi Yaisi says, a Yachid should not fast, 
or he'll put himself into a sakana. The Rambam says we hold like the first shita. The Gemara says that if there's an abundance of rain, there's more rain than we really need, we do not fast, since rain is basically a simen bracha. And as Rabbi Yechanan said, Ein mispalalin al raiv hatayva. And we learned in Shulchan Arach, Simen, Tovkofay, and Vav, we say that this halacha only applies to Eretz Yisrael, that if there's an abundance of rain, we don't fast, and we're not mispal to get rid of some of that rain. However, if in Chutz Laaretz there's too much rain, then we are mispal, that we should eliminate, or eliminate some levels of the rain that we have, which is now too much. We see from this Gemara that any person whose life is in danger, although we're normally not mispal for a chayla on Shabbos, but in a situation of a sakana right now, that we are allowed to be mispal for a chayla on Shabbos. This is how we paskan in Simon Reish Pechas. If, however, he's just a stam chayla, and he's not a chayla which is in a situation of sakana right now, and we want to make a mishabarech for this chayla, that we must add the words, Shabbos himi lizaik urefua karevalavai. Meaning, because of the Shabbos, we are refraining from crying out for the sick person, but we hope that his refua will come soon. Tafchav Gimel. Benasati Yishmechem Bi'itam teaches us that rains will come at the right time in the proper amounts, but it will not come on Arab Shabbos when people are out shopping. When there was no rain, they called Chayni HaMa'agel, and he drew a circle and told Hashem that he wouldn't leave the circle until rain fell. And even though he didn't speak with Kavit to Hashem, but he spoke with a little bit of Chutzpah to Hashem, Hashem listened to him anyway because he loved him so much. Rabbi Yechanan said, all of his life, Chayni HaMagal had a problem with this Pasuk. Shir HaMalais B'Shuv Hashem, Eshivas Tzian Hayinu Kechalmin. Meaning that the 70 years of Golas between the two Beis HaMikdashin was like a person who had a long dream. Rashi explains that the Shir HaMalais is the Shir of the situation on the 15 steps by the Azara. And the Marsha says this is referring to the Shir of the Leviyam. What's Pshat? And what was the issue that Chayni HaMagal had? He couldn't understand the analogy of 70 years, since he said that it's impossible for a person to sleep for 70 years, and therefore it's impossible for a person to have a dream for 70 years. So what's the analogy? So the Gemara relates a famous story about Chayni Hamago, that once Chayni saw someone who planted a carob tree, and he asked this person, who is he planting it for? And he told Chayni that it takes now 70 years for the fruit of the carob tree to grow. Therefore he would not benefit from it, but rather only his grandchildren would benefit from it. Chayni couldn't understand this, and at that point he fell asleep, and the sleep lasted for 70 years. And there was stone that was built around him by a miracle, and no one saw him for 70 years. When he woke up, he saw someone taking fruits from the carob tree, and he realized that it was the grandson of the original owner. And then he realized, of course, that he had been sleeping for 70 years. He then went to the base Medrash, and he said he's Chayni Hama'agel, but no one wanted to believe that he was Chayni. And he was very upset by that, he was Mispal Hashem that Hashem should take away his life, and then he died. Rava said on this particular Misa, the famous phrase, that death is better than being alone. We see from Chani HaMa'agel that since no one recognized him, and he was alone in the world, and since he didn't have a Chavrusa, so to say, so O Chavrusa O Misusa, that it's better to, be, to, to die than to be alone in the world. The Marsha explains that the mushal of the carob tree is actually true to life. That life itself, this world, Eilam Hazeh, is not the most important thing. In other words, the most important thing is not the short term, but rather the most important thing is the long term, Eilam Haba. That's what really matters.
So the mashal of the carob tree was at 70 years. The fact that it was over a long period of time, that was what was more important than what happens about instant gratification of getting the benefit from the fruit in the short term. The Gemara says that Abba Chilkia, who was the grandson of Chaini Hama'agel, his wife used to come to the gates of the city beautifully dressed to greet him. When the Chachamim wanted rain, they asked that Abba Chilkia should be mispal. So Abba Chilkia was mispal together with his wife. But Hashem listened to his wife's tefillahs before he listened to Abba Chilkia's tefillahs. Why is this so? Since a woman has a bigger schus abstaka, since she's always home to give money to the aniyam immediately, without delay. While the husband is usually away from the house and it takes time till he comes home to give the money to the aniyam. And the Gemara finally says that Yitzchak ben Elisha had the power to make Hashem do miracles. And he would ask sometimes Hashem to do miracles, but eventually he stopped asking Hashem so as not to be a matriach, not to be a matriach Hashem. If a person dries out a live fish on Shabbos and the fish dies, he is chayev for the tilas neshama, which of course we know is also. Rabbi Yaisi criticized his own son for putting Hashem through extra tircha when he wanted a tree to grow extra fast. He also criticized his own daughter, since she was very pretty, and many people used to look at her. Nonetheless, Rebesi was considered a big tzaddik for many, many other reasons. Elozer was a very big tzaddik who used to give all of his money away to Tzedakah. And because the Gabbai Tzedakah knew this, he didn't want, the Gabbai Tzedakah did not want to ask Elozer for money because he knew all of his money was being given to Tzedakah already. The Gemara says that if the leaders of a community are good, that it is reflective on a good community. Of course, vice versa. If the leaders of a community are bad, it's reflective on a bad community. And we say that it's like a kala. If her eyes, the eyes of a kala, are beautiful, then you know that the rest of her is good. The Gemara says the Rebbe was once geyser, a tainus for rain, and Hashem didn't listen. So he asked Ilfa to be a baltfila, and when Ilfa was the baltfila, Hashem listened to him, because although his community was so poor, they didn't have money for Kiddush and Havdalah. And he, Ilfa, worked hard to earn enough money to buy wine to be mighty the whole city. This was a very big schus, because in order to provide um, wine for Kiddush Navdala, the person who does that, that's considered a very big schus, and therefore he was rewarded for that. In another city, Hashem listened to a certain person who had requested, with had misbelled for rain. This person's schus was the fact that he taught the poor children in the city Torah with the same enthusiasm as he taught the wealthier kids Torah. And he took no money from parents of poor kids who could not afford it. And in that big schus, Hashem listened to him to bring rain for that city. If something tummy touches the stem of a fruit, the yados of a fruit, the same level of tuma gets transferred to the fruit itself, i.e. the yad is considered part of the same entity as the fruit. This, of course, is a chiddush, because normally the yad of a fruit should really be separated into its different parts, not the fruit itself. Rabbi Yehuda once saw people playing with food, so he was geyser a klola for a drought. The Gemara says Rabbi was able to bring heavy rains in the summer when he needed it to prove a king wrong. Rabbi Hanida ben Daisa was once traveling, and it was raining. So he asked Hashem to stop the rain, and Hashem stopped the rain. But normally we know it never works if one asks for ceasing of rain for travel purposes. Just because a person is traveling, that's not a reason to ask Hashem to stop the rain. And finally, the Gemara says, Rabbi Hanida ben Daisa caused the whole world to exist because of him, since he lived on carobs alone from week to week. In other words, he was very poor. The world stands on a table of three legs, Taira, 
Avoida and Gemilas Chasadim. This, of course, is brought down in Pirkei Avos. The Gemara says, Ein Megadlin Behemadaka Be'eretz Yisrael. We do not bring up Behemadakas in Eretz Yisrael, goats, for example, since they graze and eat other people's property. Rav Elazar ben Padas was very poor. Once he fainted, and he had a dream about his abundant rewards that he will get in Olam Haba. The Gemara says that a person should never speak in a harsh way about Shamayim. The Olam al-Yatiach Adam Dvarim Klape Maila. Rav Bar Lulaini said that a tzaddik is compared to a sweet palm tree and grows like an eras, like a cedar. As the Pasuk said, Tzaddik katama yifrach ki eras balvanain yiske. Once, Rebel Yezer was geyser 13 taniyas, and it didn't rain until the entire tzibor began to cry bitterly. Then the rain began. And Rebbe Akiva's tefillas were listened to regarding the rain before Rebel Yezer's tefillas were listened to, since Rebbe Akiva was quicker to give in to other people than Rebel Yezer was. He was quicker, in other words, he was mavir al midaisav, quicker than Rebel Yezer was. The Gemara says in order to stop the fasting, at least a tafach of rain must fall. Sometimes more if the ground is very dry. Once that point comes, you could stop the fasting. If the tzibur was fasting, as the rain began to fall before Nate's hachama, then they don't need to complete the fasting. This is the shita of Rameir. If Yehuda says, noon is the line. In other words, if it doesn't stop raining, if it stops raining before noon, then they don't have to fast. But if it continues raining after that, they continue to have to fast. Rabbi Yaisi says the shear is nine hours. And finally, the Gemara says we only say halal hagadol, hoidul Hashem kitayv, on a full stomach and a full nefesh. Nefesh seveya, the keres meleya. Taisa says this is only during tefillah, but before tefillah, we can say it even on an empty stomach. Like today, when we say it on Shabbos in Psuke de Zimra. This marks the end of the third parak. Now let's begin the fourth parak, parak bishlesha prakim, from Dapchavav Amad Aleph. As background to this Mishnah, normally Kohanim would do Nesias Kapayim only by Chakras, but not by Mincha, since there was a Chashash of Shikras. We were afraid that if the day would pass by, they would drink wine, they might be Shikr, and they were not allowed to be, they were not be allowed to do Nesias Kapayim. It's interesting to note from Orachayim, Simen, Kuf, Chofchas, that today in Golos, we only say Birchas Kohanim, we only Duchen in Musaf of Yantif. Why is this so? Since that's the only time which we consider joyous during the year, and you need that in order to do Nesias Kapayim. And number two, since many Kohanim don't really have 100% clear Messiah if they are in fact Kohanim. Masha'enkin in Eretz Yisrael, where we think people have a better Messiah, and in Eretz Yisrael where there is more joyous time, in Eretz Yisrael we do Nesias Kapayim every day of the year. And the Mishnah says, three times per year, the Kohanim would duchen three or four times per day. In other words, not just in Shachras, but also in Musaf, Mincha, or Ne'ilah. One of these three times. Number one on a Tainus, number two on Yom Kippur, and number three on the Maimadais. What are the Maimadais? The same way that the Kohanim were divided into 24 Mishmarais, so was Claudius Yisrael divided into 24 groups to stand by the Tumid. This was called Maimadais. Also, each day, the specific Maimad would read special Kriya Satira about the Maimadais. These groups also donated the wood for the Karbanas. This, of course, was a big schus. The Mishnah says there were five things that befell Klal Yisrael on Shivasa Batamus. Number one, the Luchais were broken by Moshe Rabbeinu. We know that Moshe Rabbeinu went up on the 7th of Nisan, 7th of Sivan, and 40 days later was Shivasa Batamus. Number two, the Tamid was discontinued by the Churban Bayes Rishon, by Nebuchadnezzar. Number three, the walls of Yerushalayim were breached in the Bayesheni. 
Number four, a Torah was burnt by a Greek general. And number five, an image was placed in the Bayashani, in the Hechel. On Tisha B'Av, five things happened to Klal Yisrael. Number one, it was decreed that our forefathers would not be able to enter Eretz Yisrael by the case of the Miragla. Number two, the first Beis Hamikdash was destroyed. Number three, the second Beis Hamikdash was destroyed. Number four, the city of Betar was conquered by the Romans in the days of Bar Kokhba. And number five, Yerushalayim was plowed over in the days of Yirmiyahu. Because of these things that happened to Klal Yisrael during the month of Av, we say, When Av comes, we slow down, we, we limit the amount of happiness that we celebrate. The week of Tisha B'Av, when the week of Tisha B'Av falls out, one cannot cut hair or wash clothes during that week. But on Thursday, it's mutter due to Kavad Shabbos. Today, incidentally, we don't cut hair from Shibasa Batamas all the way until after Tisha B'Av, as we see in Simon Tovkuf Nun Aleph, and we don't wash at all clothing during the nine days. There was from Rishchai Dishav. On Erev Tisha B'Av, we don't eat wine, we don't drink wine or eat meat, and today, of course, this minig is that we don't drink wine or eat meat all the way from Rishchai Dishav. And Rabbi Shimon ben Gamliel says the best days for Klal Yisrael were Chamisha Asar Be'av and Yom Kippur. Chamisha Asar Be'av, since the tribes were permitted to intermarry on that day, and in Yom Kippur, because it's a Yom Slicha Umechila, and Moshe brought down the second set of Luchos on that day. As the Mishnah continues, on Tuba of the Besulos would go out into the fields, and the men would take them for wives. But they would say, don't just look at beauty. And we say that the Beis Hamikdash should be rebuilt quickly. And the Gemara says, according to Rabbi Yehuda, there is no Nesiyas Kapayim on Yom Kippur by Mincha and Neila. According to Rabbi Yaisi, they only duchen by Neila, but not by Mincha. But Rameir holds that there is duchening by both Mincha and Neila. But everyone agrees that a Kayin cannot duchen if he is drunk. We learn this from the fact that in the Torah, the Indian of Nesiyas Kapayim is next to Nazir. And since Nazir is Asr Biyayin, a Kayin is Asr Biyayin. The Magen Avram holds this is only Asr Midrabana, that a Kayin is not allowed to drink wine, especially before he does the Avaida. Why is this so? Because this whole thing is only a Hakish. In some ways it's only an Asmachta. But the Taz holds that this Isr is an Isr Daraisa. Tabchav Zayin. A Balmum is allowed to duchen, unless the Mum is in his hands. Taisvis adds that even if he's an Oivet Avaydazara, but if he then does Tshuva, he can then duchen again. Rabbi Nagershem adds to this that you let him duchen again, since if you don't, you'd be weakening the hands of Balei Tshuva, and you could come to discourage them from wanting to do Tshuva. We actually pass in this way in Shulchan Aruch, Simen Kuf Chavches, that if a person becomes a Bal Tshuva, he's allowed to come and duchen again. The Gemara says of the 24 Mishmaris, half would be in Yerushalayim to do the Aveda, and the other half would be in Yericho to prepare the food. The Gemara says, Kohanim, Leviim, and Yisraelim, all are needed to do the Karbanais. The Kohanim for the purposes of the Aveda, the Leviim for the purposes of Shira, and the Yisraelim for the purpose of the Maimadais. So, we also need Klishir. And without Klishir, it's Ma'akev, the Aveda. Moshe was Masakin eight Mishmaris. Shmuel made 16, and David HaMelech made 24. The Gemara says, if not for the Mamadais and the Karban Tamid, the world would not be able to have a Kiyam. And we can be Mekayim this today by reading the Seder HaKarbanais. The Gemara says the Anshay Maimid used to fast for four days, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, but they didn't fast on Shabbos or Arab Shabbos. They also didn't fast on Sunday, since it's a day of rest for the Goyim. 
The Gemara says every Jew receives an extra neshama on Erev Shabbos, a neshama yisera, and it gets taken away on Matzai Shabbos. That's where we smell the samim, we make havdalah on Matzai Shabbos. And finally, the Gemara says a person getting an aliyah should never read less than three psukim. And a person should never break a pasuk in half, except if it's needed for the purpose of teaching small children. If something is written in the Torah, you cannot read it in order to be but rather you must read it from inside the Torah. Rashi here mentions that Mincha is a din in Torah, as we know that Yitzchak was Mesakein Tefilas Mincha. But this is Shver, according to many Rishayinim, who hold that the whole Indian of Tefillah is only Midrabana. There was once a Takana made that they couldn't bring Eitzim up to the Beis HaMikdash, and also a Takana that they could not bring Bikurim up to the Beis HaMikdash, both things that they were brought, that were always brought with much Simcha. The Gemara says, for the Tzadikim who were Meiser Nefesh, we say the Pasuk in Mishlei, Zecher Tzadik Livracha. But for Yerabam Ben Nevat Vechaveirav, we say Vishayim Rishayim Yerkov. Rabbi Yaisi holds, any day that there is Musaf, there was a Maimed. The Hall of Rosh Chaydish is not Midaraisa, but the Hall of Chanukah is Midaraisa. And Rashi explains, since the Neviim were Mesak in it, so it's similar to a Daraisa. Rabbi Yaisin says, even though it isn't Minatara, but there's a mitzvah to say Hallel on a day that a miracle happened to a person. The Gemara says there are 18 days a year, but even a Yachid, Yechidus, completes Hallel. What are these 18 days? The eight days of Sukkot, the eight days of Chanukah, the first day of Pesach, and the first day of Shavuos. In Chutzlaretz, we have 21 days, the three extra days of Yontav of Chutzlaretz, the second day of Yontav. But Rosh Chodesh isn't mentioned, so we see that Halal of Rosh Chodesh is not Midaraisa, but only Midarabana. A Yachid isn't supposed to complete Halal of Rosh Chodesh, but once he starts, he can finish. The Gemara says, Moshe Rabbeinu broke the Luchais on Shivasa Batamus. According to the Tanakama, who holds the Torah was given on Vav Sivan, so Moshe went up to Shamayim on the seventh day of Sivan. And according to Rabbi Yaisi, the Torah was given on the seventh day of Sivan, and Moshe Rabbeinu also went up on the seventh day of Sivan. So according to both people, he went up on the seventh day of Sivan, as we see from the Gemara and Shabbos, Daf Pei Vav. Forty days later, after the seventh of Sivan, is equal to Shivasa Batamus. That was the day that he came down from Shamayim. And he broke the Luchais when he saw the Egel Hazav. And finally, the Gemara brings down different psukim to show exactly what happened on Shibasa Patamas and Tishabah. The Miraglim were sent out on Chavtes Sivan, and they returned on Ches Ba'av with their bad reports about Eretz Yisrael. Kal Yisrael then went and cried all of that night, so Hashem made a Gzeira on Tishabah that they couldn't enter Eretz Yisrael. And Hashem said, since Kal Yisrael cried in vain, he will make Tisha B'av a day of mourning for future generations. The Gemara says the Beis Hamikdash burnt on the day of the ninth of Av, but most of it burnt on the tenth of Av. Also, both the first and second Beis Hamikdash burnt on Tisha B'av. At the time of the destruction, the Leviim were singing from Tehillim Kapitel Tzadik Dalad, and it was a Sunday. The Gemara says when the Beis Hamikdash was destroyed, the Gizbarim returned the keys to Shamayim by throwing them up to Shamayim and the Pirchei Kahuna then jumped into the burning fire. As here we've discussed the reasons for Tishabav and the reasons for Shibasabatamas, let us also mention the reasons for Tzom Gedalia and Asar Batevis. We know from the Gemara and Rosh Hashanah, the purpose of Tzom Gedalia is very special. It's the only one of the four Tanesim which does not directly involve the Beis Hamigdash. 
It is meant to teach us that on a day which a tzaddik is killed, that's considered to be as much of a tragedy as the day on which the Beis Hamikdash was destroyed. That's the purpose of Tzom Gedaya. The background behind Asar B'teves is very nicely explained in the book Sefer Master of Masechta, written by Reb Nachman Cohen on Masechta Tainus. He explains that the Asar B'teves falls during the winter on a very short day, not in the season of fasts. It's a Tainus which can easily be forgotten. Historically, the day of Asar B'teves is the day that marks the beginning of the siege of Yerushalayim. People have a tendency not to pay attention to beginnings of things. They usually cannot foresee the problem that small, seemingly insignificant actions can have. In fact, it took two and a half years from the beginning of the siege of Yerushalayim until Yerushalayim finally fell. This time serves to keep us aware that if we are vigilant about things not starting off wrong, then we will not have to worry about final destructions and exiles. Halachically, the Abu Dram underscores the significance of this fast, the root cause of subsequent fasts in the Jewish calendar, by ruling that if it falls out on Shabbos, if it could fall out on Shabbos, we still have to fast on Asar B'tavis. And in fact, we know that Asar B'tavis is the only fast that can fall out on Arab Shabbos, and in fact it's the only fast that we fast if it falls out on Arab Shabbos. This is based on the Pasuk, where we use the term Be'etzem Hayoyim Hazah, that's used to describe the events of Asar B'teves. This term, B'etzam Hayayim Hazah, is the same phrase that's used to describe Yom Kippur. Therefore, the connection between whether you're allowed to do it on Shabbos, if it falls on Shabbos, or not, is the same as it is for Yom Kippur. And that's why if it were to fall on Shabbos, we would have to fast. In fact, with our calendars today, it can never fall on Shabbos, but it could fall on Arab Shabbos. And if it does, we do fast on Arab Shabbos. The Gemara then says, Kishem Shemisha Nichnas Av Mimatin Besimcha. Just like we lessen simcha when av comes, when adar comes, we increase our level of simcha. The Chayzim Lublin says that pshat in Misha, nichnas av, mematin besimcha, doesn't just mean that we have to lessen the amount of simcha that we celebrate during av, but that a person has the ability to minimize the whole chaydish av by being in a spirit of simcha. That spirit of simcha will speedily bring the coming of Mashiach Tzidkenu. Rashi here says, Mishanichnas Adar Marbin Besimcha, that this is Yemei Nisim Hayul Yisrael Purim Upesach. The obvious question is, why does Rashi bring in Pesach? We're discussing Adar. What does Pesach have to do with this? Rabbi Yaakov Emdin explains that Rashi is coming to Barvorna Kasha. If we say Mishanichnas Adar Marbin Besimcha, so why aren't we Marbin Besimcha for Nisan also, or for Kislev also? Why don't we say Mishanichnas Nisan Marbin Besimcha because of Pesach? Or Mishanichnas Kislev Marbin Besimcha for Hanukkah? Why don't we say that just for Odor? So he answers, since Odor is the beginning of a series of Nisan, namely Purim and Pesach, it's the beginning of a whole series, that's why Odor carries specialty to it, and we say Mishanichnas Odor Marbin Besimcha. The Gemara says, since bad things were connected with Chaydish Av, a Jew should avoid court cases with Goyim during Chaydish Av, since the mazel for this Chaydish is bad, but rather he should move it to Adar. And the Gemara says it is usher to wash clothing during the week of Tisha B'av, if one intends to wear the clothing during that week. This is the Shita of Reb Nachman. But according to Reb Sheshis, even if, even if a person does not intend to wear it that week, he's still not allowed to wash clothing during the week of Tisha B'av. Normally, one cannot wash clothes on Cholomoyed or during the week of Tisha B'av. But if a person has only one shirt, he can wash on Cholomoyed or on Thursday of the week of Tisha B'av. 
gihutz, which is pressing, of klipishtan, is mutter to do during the week of Tishavav, although you cannot wear freshly laundered clothes during that week. Regarding Avelus for Tishabav, according to Rameyer, these Chumras begin on Rosh Chaydish Av and they go until Tishabav. According to Rabbi Yehuda, it's for the entire month of Av. And according to Rabbi Shimon Gamliel, it's only during the week of Tishabav. Rava says we paskin like Rameyer, that we begin Avelus from Rosh Chaydish, and the Avelus ends on Tishabav. It's brought in Shulchan Arach, Simen, Tovkov, Nun Aleph, that we're machmer not to take haircuts or have weddings from Shibasa Batamas until after Tishabav. And laundry we don't do during the, during the entire nine days. Daflamit. At the Suda Hamafsekes, which is the last meal before you begin the Tainus of Tishabav, we cannot eat two tafshilin, just one tafshil. This restriction is only chal after chatzais on Erev Tishabav. But before chatzais, a person can eat whatever he wants. During the Suda Hamafsekes, a person cannot eat meat, cannot drink wine, and cannot bathe. And of course, as we mentioned before, this chumrah of not eating meat and not drinking wine applies today to the entire nine days. And we could ask, once the Suda HaMafsekes is completed, is one allowed to continue eating after the Suda? The rivet holds that a person cannot eat. Once a person finishes the Suda HaMafsekes, he's not allowed to eat anymore. But according to the Rush and Taisva Santa Flamid Omen Beis, one is allowed to eat, and this is in fact how we pasca. The Gemara says, Kol HaMitzvahs HaNeheges B'Evel, Neheges B'Tishabav. On Tishabav, we are not allowed to eat, drink, anoint, which is referred to as sicha, bathe, wear leather shoes, have marital relations, tashmishamita, or learn Torah. But one can learn kinnis, sad parts of Yirmiyahu, or things that are related to Tishabav. Torah is also to learn on Tishabav, since we know, Pikude Hashem Yisharem Misam Chelev. Torah makes a person happy. Therefore, if you learn Torah on Tishabav, you would become happy. And you're not allowed to be happy on Tishabav, therefore, you're not allowed to learn Torah except for things which are sad on Tishabav. What about wearing tefillin on Tishabav? This is a machlekes rishayinim. The Ran and the Rush hold that one is chayev in tefillin, even though normally an avel does not wear tefillin on the first day of his avelus. But since he wears tefillin on day two of avelus, Tishabav isn't more chomer than the remaining days of avelus. Therefore, Tishabav is like the second day of avelus, and just like on a second day of avelus, a person is mochayev to wear tefillin. The same thing is true on Tishabav. However, the Marami Rottenberg and the Rivet both hold that we don't wear tefillin on Tishabav since it's such a sad day. We, of course, wear tefillin on Tishabav, but we only do it much later on in the day by Mincha. Rabbi Yehuda Bar Eli, on Erev Tishabav, used to eat dry bread with salt and water while sitting sadly between the oven and a stove in order to show that he was like an oven and he was very sad. The Gemara says those places which have a minig to do work on Tishabav those places they're allowed to do work. Those that have a minig not to do work on Tishabav are not allowed to do work. But all Talmidei Chachamim, no matter where they are, should not do any work on Tishabav. And in fact, Rabbi Shimon ben Gamil says that all people should try to act like Talmidei Chachamim regarding this Indian of not doing work on Tishabav. And they should not do work, so a person should feel the tsar of the Yom. Rabbi Akiva says that anyone who does work on Tishabav will never see bracha from that work. Rabbi Shimon ben Gamil says anyone who eats on Tishabav it's like he ate on Yom Kippur. And the Gemara says, Kol Abel al Yerushalayim, Zeicha Any person who is Misabel, who mourns for Yerushalayim, he will be Zeicha to share in joy and simcha in the future. The Gemara in Yevamis, Tafmem Gimelam in Beis, says that Avelos for something recent, an Avelos Chadasha, for example, recent death of a relative, is different than Avelos for something ancient, Avelos Yushana, i.e., for the Churban Beis Hamigdash. 
As the Rambam writes, one should not indulge in excessive tsar over someone who dies, for a person dying is the normal derech Regarding Yerushalayim, however, there is no iser of excessive avelos. As Rabbi Yosheber Salavechik Shlita explained on this Rambam, that for Yerushalayim we mourn indefinitely, because as long as Yerushalayim is not restored and rebuilt, this is takenat the derech Therefore, we can mourn as much as we want to. The Gemara says that Rabbi Yehuda says that a person should sleep on the other side of the bed versus the comfortable side of the bed on the night of Tisha B'Av. Taisvi says, today, for example, if a person normally sleeps with two pillows, on Tisha B'Av, a person should use only one pillow. The Gemara says that Yom Kippur is such a happy day because it's the day of Slicha and Mechila, and it's the day that the second Luchais were given to Klal Yisrael. Chamisha Asar B'Av, which is the other very happy day of the year, the 15th day above, was happy for many reasons. Number one, since that was the day that the Shvatim were permitted to marry into other Shvatim. Number two, it was the day that Binyamin could marry people from other Shvatim. Number three, on that day, the people of the Midbar that were being punished for the Chet HaMaraglim stopped dying. Number four, which Ula says, that they were removed. That was the day that the, were, that the guards were removed who had, been preve- who had been put up to prevent people from going up to Ali Laregel. These guards were put in by Yerovam ben Reb Masna says that the 15th day of Av was also the day that permission was given by the Romans to bury the dead people of Betar. And finally, the 15th day of Av was the day that they would stop cutting wood for the Mizbeach. This was because that was the day that the days were starting to get shorter, that time of year. The sun was not as strong, and the wood would get worms in it. Therefore, they stopped cutting the Eitzim on that day. After Tuba Av, people need to extend their evening learning since the nights begin to get longer. One who adds times to his learning on those evenings will have time added on to his life. The Gemara says that on Tuba Av and on Yom Kippur, all girls of Yerushalayim would go out with white, borrowed clothing. This was so as not to embarrass the poor girls who didn't have fancy clothing of their own. In other words, now everybody was equal. The eligible boys who were not married would go out to the field to find a kala. And there were three categories of girls. The beautiful girls would say, Put your emphasis on beauty. The ones with yichos would say, Put your emphasis on yichos, since the main job of a wife is to raise children. And the unattractive girls would say, Get married just l'shem shamayim, since the Mishnah says, Shekar Isha The key is yira shamayim. But in fact, you can adorn a girl like this with gold and jewelry, which will compensate for the possible lack of attractiveness. And finally, the Mesechta ends with the famous Pasuk from Yeshaya, Perek In the days to come, Hashem will make a circle of tzaddikim, and Hashem will stand in their midst in Gan Eden, and these tzaddikim will be able to see Hashem as if he was mamish standing there. As the Pasuk says, V'yomar b'yemahu, hinea lekeinu zeh, kivinu loi v'yeshienu, zeh Hashem kivinu loi nagila v'nismacha bishu asai. On this day of Tchias HaMesim, this is our God. The one, we will, the one we have waited for, so he should save us. This is our God that we have waited for. Let us be glad and rejoice in his salvation. The Rabbeinu B'chayi points out that this Gemara is one of the Saidis Hatayra. A circle is something which has no end, similar to Elam Haba for Tzadikim, which has no ending. The Perush Kaftor Vaferach says that the pointing of the finger of Tzadikim when they see HaKadosh Baruch Hu is a remez to the fact that they'll be zaycha to have Saidis HaTayra revealed to them at that time. 
It's interesting to point out that this Mesechta, which primarily deals with rain, ends with a discussion of Gan Eden and Tchias HaMesim. What is the connection between rain and Tchias HaMesim? The Lubavitch Rebbe Shlita, in a Siyam on Mesechta Tainus, as brought in the Sefer Master of Mesechta, explained the connection as follows. The Gemara underscores the greatness of Tuba of through what we said that in the days to come, Hashem will make a circle to the Tzadikim in Gan Eden, and He will sit in their midst, and every one of them will point a finger towards Him and realize this is Mamish Hashem. This Gemara depicts the scene which will take place during the era of Tchias HaMesim, resurrection. At that time, man will see, Mamish see, Hashem, with even greater clarity than if they saw Hashem at Yamsuf. At Yamsuf, B'nai Yisrael was able to comprehend the imminent aspect of Hashem, Zakelion Ganveo. At Tchias HaMesim, however, they will also comprehend the transcendent aspect of Hashem. Thus, they could proclaim, Hine Elokeinu Zeh, Zeh Hashem Kivinuloi. The greatness of the period of Tchias HaMesim is also depicted by the fact that the Tzadikim would be sitting in a circle around Hashem. There are no prominent or secondary points along a circle. Thus, during this period of Tchias HaMesim, the equality of everyone will be stressed, each and every person. Given that this equality is based upon the unification of Hashem, it leads to forgiveness. In fact, the term Mechel means both circle and forgiveness, and it leads to forgiveness, peace, and simcha. A facsimile of this occurs on Yom Kippur, because on that day, Klal Yisrael are considered to be like angels, and they unify Hashem's name on a very high level for forgiveness, friendship, and simcha. As we know, Rabbi Shimon ben Gamliel said, there were no greater Yomim Toivim than Yom Kippur and Chamisha Sarbaav. These two days together were equal in terms of simcha, therefore you can make this connection, and the two are connected in terms of unity. Chamisha Sarbaav is also a great day of joy, because the properties of this day generate unity. And we know this, as we mentioned before, the Gemara brings down six reasons for Hamisha Sarbi of. But here in this explanation, we explain exactly where unity comes in within these, th- these six pshatim about the reasons we celebrate Hamisha Sarbi of. First of all, on this day, Klal Yisrael became unified in Midbar Sinai. Until that point, when the Dar Midbar stopped dying, there was a disunity amongst the people who were living. They were divided into those who would enter B'nai Yisrael, who would enter the land of Eretz Yisrael, and those who would not enter the land of Eretz Yisrael. From Chamisha Sarbi of and on, all of the living people had the common bond that they would enter the land of Eretz Yisrael. Number two, Klal Yisrael was further unified on this day, because the, the Shevet of Binyamin was no longer discriminated against. They were permitted to intermarry with the other tribes. Thirdly, the prohibition giving the daughters of Tzlovchad given to the daughters of Tzlovchad was rescinded on Chamisha Sarbiav. Thus, the tribes were permitted to intermarry with each other and not be concerned about inheritance rights. As we mentioned before, now the Shvatim were all allowed to marry one another and there was no issue in terms of Yerusha that one might marry into a different Shevet. In the time of Hosea, Kal Yisrael was reunited on this day in the sense that they were all able to worship Hashem as one in the Beis Hamikdash. Number five, the burying of the dead at Betar, a city who rejoiced at the destruction of Yerushalayim, indicated that a unity was being reestablished even with those who had passed on to the Olam HaEmes. And finally, number six, the carbon Eitzim on this day was offered for Kohanim, Leviim, and all of those who did not know which Shevet they belonged to. This, of course, also served to unite all of Klal Yisrael. We also know that from Chamisha Asar B'Avon onward, 
as we just mentioned in the Gemara, people increase, we're supposed to, are supposed to increase their evening hours of Torah study, and they will be rewarded with an increased life. So we see that Torah study should be increased. Torah study is a common unifying force amongst Klal Yisrael in general. Whereas with regard to mitzvahs, there are differences in terms of obligations, a different minhagim, but in terms of Torah, Torah is the same for everybody. Again, unification. The end of this Mesechta is tied to the beginning in the following sense. The Mesechta concludes with the portrayal of the era of Trias HaMesim. In the beginning of the Mesechta, the Mesechta deals with falling of the rain. And we know that these are all related. As Rabbi Yechanan said, there are three areas which Hashem keeps the exclusive right to control. In other words, that Hashem holds the key to them and He does not give them to a shliach. Number one, Geshem, rain. Number two, childbirth. And number three, Trias HaMesim. Some people also said that with Parnassa. But since rain is connected to Tchias Mason, that's a further connection between those two. This bond is further strengthened in that we follow the Shita of Rabbi Yeshua and that we are not maskir Gishamim until the last day of Sukkot, even though we would also, everyone would like to say that we begin being maskir Gishamim at the beginning of Sukkot, and that should really follow the first day of Sukkot and not later. But because we don't want the rain to spoil the mitzvah of Yeshiva B'Sukkah, for that reason, we do not mention something which could disrupt the Yom Tif. And therefore, Rabbi Yeshua says that we put it, and we say, Geshem, at the end of Sukkot, on Shemid Yatzeres, in fact. And today, that's how we do it. We say the piyot of Rabbi Lazar HaKalir in Musaf, which is the long piyot of Geshem. But that's when we begin saying Geshem. We do not say it on the first day of Sukkot. Rabbi Yeshua wanted to maintain peace and harmony without any disruption, and that is what he considers to be the essence of Mechal, the circle of the righteous. So the connection between Tchiesa Mesim and Geshem is very simple. The pursuit of achtus, peace, and harmony amongst all of those of Klal Yisrael. In conclusion, let us quote the Sfasemis' last words of this Mesechta, which are Hashem Yizakeni Liyas Chokenu Im Hadzadikim Beganeid. Hadron Allah Mesechta Tainus.